What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brian Janu. And shout out to my family at Urban Boulevard. Uh, .us is the website. You can go there and find all the amazing apparel they have, all the clothes they have. If you buy something, uh, it's Brandon.30 for 30% off <clears throat> of your purchase. And let's get into the show. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, uh, sick. Uh, thought I was over this shit, but I'm not. Uh, last couple of days has been kicking my ass. Um, I took a um home COVID test today, and it said I was negative, but I fuck I don't trust the fucking test. Uh, so I might schedule a real test, go somewhere, go like Walgreens or somewhere. And because COVID is back in full effect, and uh, you know, but I've lost my sense of smell in the last couple of days, and my my uh, left ear has been ringing like a sumbitch. Um, it's just my left ear, it's nothing else, just my left ear. It feels like it's clogged, but it's not really clogged, it's just like, yeah. So, I've been going through it the last couple of days, um, but. That is why tonight, usually, Tuesdays will be with my family, uh, but um, <clears throat> I, I wanted to record something. Uh, I just didn't think I could stay up for two, three hours uh, trying to record, and I guess, keep order, keep peace, um, somewhat of order, somewhat of peace, as I can keep, because uh, my family does what they fuck they want to do, and I appreciate them for it. Uh, they do what the fuck they want to do. And I totally, totally love them, and I appreciate them for it. Um, and, yeah, so um, usually it's Tuesdays with us, but uh, I didn't know how long I can physically stand and, and do a, a, a podcast. So I'm going to try to do one tonight. Um, I wanted to record something uh, before this week ended, um, have something going into next week, because the next two nights I don't know how I'm going to really be reacting and feeling the next couple of days, so I just wanted to record something. Um, but uh, let's get into it. Uh, and shout out to my family, love y'all. You know I love y'all. So uh, in this podcast world, shout out to y'all, I love y'all deaf. Um, and you know I do. And hopefully next week I will be a hundred percent ready to go. Uh, won't be feeling this fucked up and this bad, and feel like I got hit by a motherfucking truck. But uh. Let's get it going. All right. So, I told you I was going to do an episode after SummerSlam, and here we are. And last night, I also went to WWE Raw. So, it's a lot of things going on. Um, But let's get into it. SummerSlam was Saturday night on Peacock. Uh, It was a prom live event. You got to say it like that. Prom live event. On Peacock. Anyway, SummerSlam was Saturday night. And, and it, you know, I've said this numerous times how I felt about what I felt going into SummerSlam. Um, that was before Triple H took over. I've, we, I've been saying for months and months and months about, you know, when I think the Vince shit popped off, I kind of was like, okay, if Hunter really does take over, what's going to happen? And we, I don't think he's fully put his full – Triple H stamp on it just yet. It's coming. It's coming. But um, it hasn't fairly, fully happened yet. And um, SummerSlam was one of those hmm, interesting kind of pay-per-views. And I can't wait to see what he does in the next couple of months. Leading, next, literally this month, going into uh, the next pay-per-view, uh, uh, Clash at the Castle. Uh, already one match is already a uh, Put together Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. I'll get into that uh, later. Um, just as much as I would get into what I, you know, what I felt about Raw last night, being there, what it was felt like, what it was, you know, what it was, and everything. So I'll tell you about that um, also. But let's get into it. SummerSlam. So this is what it is. So this is how I'm gonna do it. So I'm gonna rate all of these matches from worst 
to best. And I'm going to go from worst to best. And I'm going to give you guys exactly who I thought had the best match, the worst match first. I'm going to go over all of the worst matches that I kind of was like, if I had to choose, it'd be a really, eh, it, was, it wasn't that good. And I'm going to also rate them. So, <clears throat> and like I said, last time I rate my matches, I do it five, you know, if it was five stars or whatever, or at least why it was the best match to me. So I'm going to go with the worst match that I thought on SummerSlam. And I'm going to go through all of the matches from SummerSlam. And I'm going to say which I thought was the worst. And go all the way to the best match that I thought was the best overall match to me. To me. Again, to me. Uh, of SummerSlam. So, here we go. Number one. First, first match that I thought was just did not, did not live up to what I expected. And, you know, go back and listen to my previous episode of SummerSlam Lost. I got an episode dropping tonight called... Uh, the new king of WWE. Uh, I had a lot of high hopes for this match, and this is why it's getting the worst match to me of SummerSlam. It's the Street Profits versus the Usos. I did not like this match at all, uh, mainly because I had a lot of high expectations for it because of what happened at Money in the Bank. Um, I thought it was a way better Money in the Bank match than it was a SummerSlam match. And yes, maybe, like I've said numerous times, it didn't give it enough time to live in the archives before you put it back together. And I think that that's the difference. And like I've said, I, I, my expectations for this match was very high because of the Money in the Bank match. But also, I've said this numerous times, if they would have done it right, like, I just didn't like the element of the whole match. I just didn't like the whole match. Um, it was shorter than the Money in the Bank match. It was just, it was too short. Um, I think the Money in the Bank match was maybe like over, good. it was a good 25, at least 30 minutes. And this straight SummerSlam match was like 15. It wasn't even like a long match. It was like a quick get in, hit your moves, get the fuck out. Um, and it, it, it didn't have the essence of a tag team match like, the money in the bank match did, where it was a lot of woo and ah, and he got the hot tag. Let's see what's really about to happen. It wasn't a lot of that. It was not a lot of that at all in this match. And like I said, I had a lot of expectations for this match. I literally said before, um, uh, on SummerSlam loss that's out right now, I literally said that I thought this match would be the showstopper. I thought this would be the, the, the whole the fuck up. This is the best. It just didn't live up to the Money in the Bank match. It really didn't. Now, maybe it was the weeks because it was only four weeks since the Money in the Bank match. Or maybe I didn't also like the element of the special guest referee. Listen, I get it. You want to put Jeff Jarrett back in the WWE's eyes and good graces. But I didn't see the point of having a special guest referee. I get it. And this is the dumb shit WWE does when somebody. And by the way, this is still a Vince move because this is still a Vince move because the special guest referee was put together two weeks before he retired. So this was a Vince move. He thought that this would be a smart-ass idea to put a special guest referee in the match. I did not. I think what you should have done was made it a two out of three falls for the tag team titles. And maybe that opened up SummerSlam. That would have been more intriguing. I think that, uh, if, if, if it was a two out of three falls, then we would have saw, okay, the Usos just just better than the Street Profits or wow, the Street Profits really do deserve to be champions. But I think having Jeff Jarrett as the referee without any payoff because literally the night before SummerSlam, the Usos kicked Jeff Jarrett in the face, you know what I'm saying, on SmackDown. And then they're about to kick him again. He catches his foot and he just spins him around like, nah, he ain't going to hit him. But Jeff Jarrett comes down with no guitar. N nothing like it, in that sense I wish he would have they would have had some sense of how why Jeff Jarrett is in the ring because Jeff Jarrett was really just there to be the fucking special guest just the special guest referee he wasn't there to really you see what I'm saying like he, he didn't have any reason to be there like if that was the case you should have just let Shawn Michaels be the fucking special guest referee like it made no sense to have a special guest referee if they're not really going to affect the match. Like, a special guest referee is supposed to fall down, get hit, something, 
to make the match seem like it's an element of struggle. But he just let them fight, and it and and this is what the results you get. A very okay kind of match, but when I just saw what I just saw at Money in the Bank, this shit gets literally a half a one. I give you one star. I give you one, one and a half. I give you one and a half stars for what the SummerSlam match was. Because, like I said, I had a lot of expectations, and it didn't live up to it. I didn't really know why the fuck you had a special guest referee, like, especially Jeff Jarrett as your special guest referee. It didn't have any payoff, and it just, it, it, at least, at least if you're going to lose, if the Street Profits is going to lose, you had to make it make sense again. Like, they just lost. It wasn't even like a, like a controversy loss. It was just like, no, they beat them. Like, make the street, like, and my thing has always been, there is no other tag team for the Usos. Like, the Mysterios and them fought last night, and the Usos are all going to beat the Mysterios because Dominic, Dominic is never going to be, he's not up to par to be in that position. He's just not. That's not his shit. And you're putting a lot of faith on Ray to, to one, be more of a partner than a father, and he's going to always protect his son regardless. So, I just that I don't see the point of having them be tag team champions right now because it doesn't make any sense. So the Street Profits was really the only case, and now you kind of got people thinking they're gonna break up eventually. Like this is the dumb shit that the WWE does. I hope Triple H sees this and kill this because it's like, bro, you can't keep pushing. I get it if you want to make my task for it now a solo competitor, but make it like like I said, make it like the New Day, where you let Big E go off and do his solo shit, but you kept Xavier and and, and Kofi together. But at the end of the day, they were still the fucking New Day. I think if that's what you want to do with the Street Profits, cool. But keep them as the Street Profits. Don't just separate them and then tell them go fight each other now. That makes no fucking sense because at the end of the day, we all know my task four is going to be the, the face of that group as he continues to pres- – like, and last night, that was an incredible match between him and Seth Rollins just to physically be there and see how he's starting to – like, oh, okay. But I don't think the Street Profits should break up. That's ridiculous. I think they should split up. I think they should go, if you want to do that, put Dawkins on SmackDown, put my test forward on Raw. I'll put Ford on SmackDown and put my test and keep Dawkins on Raw. One of the two. But don't break them the fuck up. That's kind of stupid. That's a Vince shit. That's that Vince shit where you break a fucking team up because they don't pull, they, because you think that the uh, that one of them are just going to be way better than the other. Like, no. Like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. At least build them, you know what I'm saying? At least build them. So, yeah, I think that um, – and Dawkins can actually fight too. Dawkins is actually a really good athlete. So, I think Street Profits need to stay together because you don't have no other tag teams. And that is the only appealing tag team that can actually dethrone the Usos. So, yeah, but that, that match was a one-and-a-half star. That shit was really bad. Out of five, that was a one-and-a-half star. I give it one-and-a-half. Um – the next match was Liv, and the next match for me, that was just really like, eh, I guess, uh, Liv and uh, Ronda. Eh, I guess. Uh, you really couldn't do too much with that match. Let's be real. Ronda is um, Ronda. Like, like you're not going to make Ronda look weak against Liv. Like, I don't give a shit. You've never let... The only person Ronda has ever looked really weak against is Charlotte, and that's it. Like, and that's it, and that's a reason for that. But, like, this is what I kept saying. I knew Liv was going to keep the title because Ronda is the reason why she has the title. Ronda literally went up to Vince and was like, yo, get this title off of me. I don't think I deserve it. Liv won money in the bank, give it to Liv. She deserves it. And the crowd will be behind it. And... Yeah, I didn't really see that, that match going too far. I thought it would be what it was. I thought it would be exactly what I expected it to be. That's why I was also getting one and a half star, because I just expected it to be what the fuck it was. It wasn't even supposed to be. It was supposed to be Ronda beat the living shit out of the lift, like literally, I don't know how long it was, like five minutes maybe. Beat the shit out of five minutes and then live some hustle way miraculously wins the match still and keeps the title. Uh, I think it's better. I think more was so after the match. I think Ronda finally showing some senses of heel. Now, hopefully SmackDown, she fully goes heel. Um, because I think that, listen, I've said this numerous times. 
that's a Vince thing. Vince is always about this fucking, they got the name, so they should be the face. It's like, it's like, no, man. Like, Ronda doesn't, as soon as Charlotte left, and she did what she did to Charlotte, Ronda should have went then, right then and there should have had at least an anti-face promo. She should have did it. Like, right then and there, she should have did it. But she didn't. She, they kept that as face. Vince, again, with this, they know her name, so let's just keep her as a face because that's going to pull in people. No, the fuck it's not. The, the reason why Ronda was so successful, I've said this numerous times, the reason why Ronda was so successful at MMA was because she was an asshole. She was a complete, she was the male, ver, she was the female version of Conor McGregor. She was just an asshole, and she could whoop ass and take names, and that's what made her so appealing. And then when she started getting that ass whooped, it sounded like, okay, you just talking shit, but we know this person's better than you. They're going to whoop your ass. We already know this person's better than you. But they sold the fight. Even when they knew they probably was going to get their ass whooped. <laughs> That's what you need in WWE. And Charlotte's gone. We don't really know when Charlotte's coming back. I'm assuming she's coming back real soon. Um, Maybe not. Maybe she pulls it off and gets 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 enough leave that she can, go, she can wait till the Royal Rumble to come back, which would be pretty damn interesting because that would pretty much do – she would pull a Ronda where Charlotte was in the Royal Rumble and then Ronda popped up and threw her ass out. It would be that. It would be like, hold on, like what if Charlotte does that shit to Ronda where Ronda's in the Royal Rumble beating everybody's ass but Charlotte pops up and throws her ass out. So it's always something in the element of that. But – yeah, Ronda should have a massive hill run right now. Go full hill, or at least, yeah, you gotta go full hill. Uh, she, I was, I was like, I've been thinking about this, and I was like, nah, they need to go full hill because there's no way in hell because that's gonna get people to like her. And this is an old Vince thought where when you heard the crowd screaming, "I don't want Roman to be a, a face," you kept pushing Roman as a face, and they kept rejecting every fucking week. And then when he finally was like, you know what, bro, I'm going heel. Fuck what you talking. Roman Reigns is not the biggest attraction in WWE. Even though he's ain't, he ain't even at all these shows. I was pissed off last night. Motherfucker wasn't there. I'm going to be honest with y'all. But uh, <laughs> I'm being so honest right now. I was so fucking mad. But I got to do, so I got to do this. So I got to do the one. Usos are there. So I was like, you know what, bloodline still, summer bloodline there. I'm but, uh, yeah, but, yeah, one and a half. I give it one and a half stars. It was okay. It wasn't – it was what I expected. You you really couldn't do too much with that match. You had to let Liv win, but you also had to show Ronda beating the living hell out of Liv because you're about to make her a full heel. That's the beauty of that. And I think that was a good match because it got what you needed. Ronda still looks dominant. Liv's still a champion. People still fuck with Liv. People want Ron to go full hill so they can finally support her. And now you got it. Congratulations. But it still gets up. One and a half. Eh. Second. Theory and Lashley. Eh. This is the third match. Theory and Lashley, man. Eh. I guess. Uh, the beginning was pretty okay because... You know, a lot of people probably be pissed, but I kind of understand. Theory needs to hurry this shit up as fast as he can and try to win the title as quick as he can because he still wants to cash in money in a bank. Um, a lot of people would say this match was also short. But let's be real, in the, in the grand scheme of things, even if it was a long match, we still know Theory's not beating no fucking Lashley. So it, it made sense too. It made total sense. Uh, and Theory is more so concerned about trying to cash in money in the bank than he was about winning the fucking U.S. title. And that's what also another focus. Um, yeah, I get his two stars because it was way better than the Liv and Ronda because both people got their shit in. I mean, even though Ronda and Liv kind of got their shit in, it made more of a appealing story because you actually knew there could be a better payoff later if Theory did cash in. So... Yeah, I give this a two star. It wasn't, it wasn't really that good either, and it wasn't really that intriguing either. Lashley still looked dominant, so like I said, it was a decent fucking match. It was okay. It was okay. It was short to the point. Lashley looked dominant. Theory looked like, hey man, I just wanted to come in see if I could win, but not. Fuck it, I just go cash your money in the bank. 
and that's pretty much what it was. Um, what's the next match on the on the list? On the list that was that was on there. Uh, what was the other one? Um. Oh, right. Uh, Mysterio's in the um, Judgment Day. Yeah, they're 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 fought for me on this list of worst to best. For a nine disqualification match, it was pretty much like a tag team match. It really was a tag team match. Now, I usually think a nine disqualification tag team match would usually, and I guess because they didn't say tornado, it was still I would still think it would be some elements of a tornado tag, which I was looking for. Two. I mean, it started off kind of like it was going to be a tornado tag, but then it kind of broke into a real tag team match. And it was decent. I mean, again, uh, Ray is a fucking legend. Finn Balor is one of the best. I really do feel like, man, if they would have gave – and I, now that Triple H – here's the thing, man. Now that Triple H is running, I can see Finn Balor – I can see Judgment Day breaking up. I'm going to just get that out of the way. I can see Judgment Day breaking up, and I can see Finn Balor really making a run. And I mean making a run and getting an opportunity to be undisputed champion. Because just like Seth, just like Kevin Owens, Finn Balor is a Triple H guy. That is his dude. He, he carried NXT to that marquee shit. So, I can see Finn Balor getting a shot again. But he's going to have to get out of Judgment Day. And I think he will. But I think they keep his heel persona. I think they keep the heel persona because we've never fully seen him be a heel in WWE. Now, we've seen him be a heel in NXT. When he went back to NXT, um... And became the prince, uh, the prince friend Balor. He was a heel, and it actually was good. It was actually a good character for him, and I think it opens up a new element to what he is, and that is the demon. And I think if that's the case, then you have to keep him as a heel, because a demon heel is a little different than a motherfucking face demon, because there's certain elements he can't go all the way through. But if as a as a demon, when he's the demon, oh shit, it will be completely different. I think they break up the Judgment Day, uh, because I really do think Edge fulfills his prophecy, and that is to break up the Judgment Day. And I think they got, I think Damian Priest or somebody gets hurt, and that breaks up the Judgment Day. Um, yeah, I don't really see them lasting long, but. I thought the match was okay. I I give it three stars. I, I it was like I said, it was a pretty cool match. It wasn't. It, it, it they kept it more of a tag team match, and it wasn't really that much of a disqualification match because there was not really that many things that really happened. They brought a chair into the into the equation. It wasn't like no tables. It wasn't like no ladders. It wasn't really a crazy tag team match. It was it was it was pretty like I said, a tag team match. It was kind of decent. It was what I kind of expected the Street Profits and Usos to be. And it kind of was that. But it was supposed to have more elements, and it wasn't. It was just a simple tag team match. Uh, Rhea Ripley got involved, and then Edge came back, which I knew was coming eventually. So we all knew Edge was coming back at SummerSlam. We're not that damn stupid, though, to be. We all knew who the fuck it was. Um, I would love it to have been The Fiend, but it wasn't. And I knew it was Edge, and, you know, it was cool and great. Uh, I give it three stars. It wasn't. Nah, I bump it down. I give it two, two and a half. It wasn't a three. It was a two and a half. I give it two and a half. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it was a decent match. Out of five, two and a half. I mean, that might have been. That might be. Yeah, that might be the highest so far. Cause yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I give it two and a half. It was a pretty good match. It was decent. I give him that. Um, which brings me to the next match, and that is. Logan Paul in the Miz. Now, a lot of people be like, wait, you gave Logan Paul in the Miz a higher ranking than the Mysterios in Judgment Day? Why? Because they played off of Logan Paul. I think it played off of Logan Paul. I think it did. We all know Logan Paul. This is his second fucking match 
in WWE. We're not stupid. But it played off of what he can actually physically do. And that is, he is very fucking athletic. I was very shocked that WrestleMania wasn't a one-off. Like, he really fucking can't do that shit. And, and my level of respect for the Miz is going up every time I see him. Uh, even last night, like, watching him work, like, really work. The crowd. Uh, the crowd is literally... <laughs> the crowd is literally screaming tiny balls at this man. And he is just like, stop that shit. Why would you, why would you scream that at me? <laughs> it is just the way he worked the crowd. The way he worked uh, the entire match is incredible. Because even though The Miz is way more established and he knows how to physically be a wrestler longer. And he's been doing this for damn near shit close to 20 years. He still let Logan Paul be Logan Paul. He still let him get his shit in. And in a match like that where you clearly are head and shoulders above this kid in wrestling techniques, you let him find his rhythm. You let him win this match. You let him do what he needed to do to be what WWE needs him to be. And that is to bring people in that maybe have a disconnect with WWE. Like, a lot of kids maybe don't grow, didn't grow up on wrestling like I did. So to have a TikToker in the ring with you, a YouTuber, whatever the fuck he is, in the ring with you, and he beats you, and everybody follows him, it makes more sense to get that popping. So I give the Miz a lot of credit, man. That That is a hell of a feeling to go out there and do what he did. And, and they held it down for a good bit. Like, it was about 20 minutes. It was a good 20-minute match, man. And that... And I'm like, wow, this shit is actually pretty fucking decent. Logan Paul flew through the air, crashed through a table with him. I mean, announced that. It was, it was decent. I give, I give Logan Paul in the midst three and a half. I give him three and a half stars, man. I think it was a really good fucking match. Compared to the other matches on the card that I just announced and talked about, out of, you know, because they played off of each other, which was great. Sorry. Uh, they played off of each other, which was great. But it also created a new element. It, it created something that you kind of now have to watch with Rogan Paul, in a sense. It's like, do you. I don't think WWE will ever do what WCW did. And that's like give David Arquette the fucking World Heavyweight Championship or some shit like that. But I can see Logan Paul vying for some shit. I can see him getting in a tag team with somebody and maybe winning the tag team championships or maybe getting close or maybe even, you know, I could see it. But there's still certain things about this kid that he still has to grow and do. Uh, I think he was a little bit too, he got, he has to learn how to let the move breathe. I don't think he, he has the element yet. He doesn't know how to let the move breathe just yet where he'll hit the move, but then he'll continue to keep going where he doesn't let the crowd get into it yet. And that's that's something that he's going to have to learn as he continues to progress as a wrestler. But like I said, being in the ring with The Miz, you can kind of get that shit off. But when you go in these matches with like the likes of, I'm just saying, who they could put them against, maybe Theory one day, Happy Corbin one day, shit like that, they're going to, okay, Theory not so much, but Happy Corbin and like these mid-card guys, Damian Priest one day, Finn Balor, shit like that. He could get his ass whooped, like seriously get his ass hurt. So because he's not slowing himself down and letting the crowd one get into it, and plus letting the people let the let the talent in the ring with you also enjoy the moment with you. You're just moving through it, and you're not really progressing. That okay, I gotta slow this down and let this pass. And he's gonna get there. He's gonna get there eventually. I. I do I see him coming back before Royal Rumble? Kind of, maybe, but I don't really see him fighting because there's no match for him. It's maybe Survivor Series. He causes the Miz, the Survivor Series team, and he becomes the Survivor Series cap. Like, he gets in the Survivor Series. I don't fucking know, but I don't see him coming back until the Royal Rumble. Uh, like, he enters into the Royal Rumble and pisses somebody off so they go to WrestleMania and fight each other. Um... 
Um, but yeah, three and a half. I give it three and a half stars. I know people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" That's three and a half. Yes, it's three and a half because of the element, the the fact that it was actually a decent fucking match when you actually look at it, and it wasn't a non disqualification match. That's another thing that they could find a way to get this dude in a singles match and still have a a decent fucking match. That's a pretty good thing. So, uh, yeah, I give it three and a half stars. Um, out of five. So, congratulations. Um, so, got two matches. Only one could be the best match to me. And one, it's just, wow. two, two really good matches. So, coming in second. Four stars. Four point two five. I get four point two five. Four point two five. Uh, four point two five. No, fuck it. Four and a half. I give it four and a half stars. The main event of SummerSlam: Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. The reason why it's not the overall best match to me is because it wasn't even a fucking match. <laughs> and I felt that way going into that match. I was like, there's no way in hell they're going to go in and have a real last man standing match. A real last man standing match is I beat the living hell out of you for like a good 15 minutes. And then we start bringing the weapons and shit in. And then we kind of like close it out and fought it. This was not that. And I think that's why I was so intrigued because Brock needs to be a dominant ass wrestler. That's his shit. He's the beast in fucking Cornet. He's the first man to ever break the streak. He is that dude. He is the fucking man. And Roman Reigns is the motherfucking draw now. He is the guy. He is the man. He is whatever the fuck you want to call him. The head of the table, the tribal chief, the big dog, whatever the fuck you want to call him, the powerhouse, whatever you want to call him, he is it. And he has lived up to it. Thank the Lord, because it took him 10 years to get to that point. Thank the fucking Lord. <laughs> but Roman and Brock did something that I didn't even think was possible. They made me respect their rivalry. <laughs> that match made me respect their rivalry. I was like, now here's the thing, WWE, and now that Triple H is running, I don't think he's ever going to go back to that match ever again. Like, he might bring Brock back, but he might not ever go back to that match ever again. As long as Roman is champion, it makes no sense to keep going back to it. Um, But, hell, I mean, shit, he might call Goldberg before he called Brock. But... Um, that match is what I always thought that rivalry should be, where it's like the older statesman, Brock Lesnar, just will not give the fuck up, and he's beating the living shit out of this young, brash, cocky son of a bitch. Roman Reigns, he's beating the living hell out of him. But the young motherfucker keep getting up. And he was like, you got me. I didn't hit everything. I didn't hit this thing with every damn thing. What the fuck? And then the young motherfucker finally gets to the point where he's like, man, fuck this. And he starts beating this shit out of, the, out, of the young, out of the old motherfucker. And he finally gets him down. And then he realized the old motherfucker is just like him. He ain't standing down because he know damn well what that's like. And they fight. And that was the beautiful thing. I did not expect the trailer, the tractor trailer to come into, uh, into, the, into, the, into the field of play. But thank God he did. Uh, <laughs> thank God he did. Um, the whole match was, and it never really was in the ring. It only got in the ring for like maybe five, ten minutes. And that might be it. Like, it was never in the ring. And I think that's a beautiful thing about it, that that match in particular. is because it was never in the ring. 
even the ending, it wasn't in the ring. Like, like every Roman Brock match has been like a like has always been. It's been about one, two, three, and I think that's the beautiful thing about this last man standing match that I just realized is like this was a culmination of why this is over because. If you actually pay attention to this robbery, this robbery ain't been in the ring. It's been everywhere. (laughs) It's been everywhere. Brock has beat the living shit out of Roman Reigns everywhere. So, and that's exactly what this was. I think it was a beautiful way of ending this this, uh, robbery. Brock finally got his revenge on Paul Heyman, put his ass to a table. Uh, I literally will never get over the fact of seeing Brock Lesnar hit Roman Reigns for half a table. Like, this nigga picked up half a table and, and literally, he at least knocked Roman out for a good 15 seconds. I know he knocked his ass out. <laughs> I, like, he hit that nigga, he hit this nigga with half a fucking table. He picked this shit up, walked over to this nigga, looked him in the eyes, and then, bow, just popped this nigga. I'm talking about the leg still on the bitch. Just, bow, popped this nigga in the head. This nigga Roman's like, just, he was dead. I could tell. Man, Roman was a concussed for at least good 15, 20. Like, there's no way in hell Roman recovered that fast. Like, I didn't even, Brock was like, I, didn't, I think I killed that nigga. <laughs> like, there's no way in hell, man. That match was everywhere, man. And that was a great match and a great way of ending it. Uh, and, yeah, five and a half, man. I guess five and a half stars for me, man. I got to give it its just due. Uh... <laughs> And uh, congratulations to Roman Reigns. Uh, you go against Drew McIntyre pretty much on his home turf. Let's see what you can do in September, September 3rd. So we shall see. And last but not least, the match that I think was the best overall match of SummerSlam. Bianca and Becky. It gets a five. It gets a five for me. It gets a five-star. Reason why is because I've never said I didn't like seeing these women uh, have matches. I just don't like seeing them have every damn match. It's it's ridiculous to see them always fight each other. And now that uh, I hate to say it, now that Becky's gone, I think this is gonna you're gonna appreciate this rivalry a little bit more. Um, I think it was a better rivalry than I give it 100% credit for. Um, because Go like again, being last, being that last night, man. In the here, to see it on TV, and you kind of hear the sound and the noise when, when like Bianca walks, comes into the to the to the arena, but to physically be there, and I mean, I swear to God, every time this woman's music dropped, the fucking crowd went nuts. It was like, yo, like, that's crazy. I haven't seen a black female woman get that type of love. In WWE, I, 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 I decided maybe Sasha, that's it. Like, in Sasha's only been there for what, shit, a couple years? Like, five years, five, six years, five, six, seven years? Like, like to see Bianca get that fucking attraction is crazy man it's fucking nuts and the fact that she never won the nxc women's championship is even more crazy added shit is even crazier like she literally has made herself into a super fucking star like i said being there last night and seeing the love and the respect that they have for that woman is why i give this match even more of a of a higher rating is because like I said, the, the the last year SummerSlam match, okay, I get it. But the two matches they physically have had. I mean, they had some matches on Raw and shit here and there. But this has been, like, the two matches, WrestleMania and SummerSlam. I didn't think that they could top WrestleMania. They topped it at SummerSlam. They did. They topped it. I can't believe that I'm not, I said that, but they did. They topped it. They play with new elements that they didn't play at WrestleMania, where, you know, you know, Bianca's shoulder is, 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 I mean, they kind of did a little bit of that, but they didn't really fully go in, and then Becky gets injured, you know, 
you know, a real injury, which is, you know, speedy recovery, Becky Lynch, I hope you come back, and I hope you beat the living hell out of them. But, um, but that was elements to that, that match that they didn't do at WrestleMania. They did at SummerSlam, and I'm pretty shocked they did. They pulled it off. Um, and it was a way better way of wrapping up that situation. And again, I think it was a way better it gave it gave more people more love reasons to love not just Bianca but Becky because Becky fought her ass off for twenty minutes to hear her say twenty minutes I fucking separated my shoulder and I had to still fight for twenty more minutes because y'all was cheering your ass off of us. That is way bigger than anything. So I I like man, that was an incredible match at SummerSlam. And didn't see them two kind of like bear the hatchet really last night. It was awesome. So uh yeah, five stars. That was an incredible match. Um and it kicked off SummerSlam and for good reason. <laughs> for good fucking reason. That was a good fucking match, man. And uh for good fucking reason. That was a really good match, man. All in all, man, um SummerSlam was actually decent. Uh this was the first time Triple H really had his hands on WWE, like I said, I can't wait to see what he does in the next couple of months, in the next couple of weeks, I should say, because September 3rd is a coming, and that's the next pay-per-view, and I can't wait to see it, and again, like I've said, congratulations to everybody, but at SummerSlam, it was an incredible thing. Now, a couple of stool stories that actually I talked about a little bit, but I didn't fully get into it, that happened at SummerSlam. Like I said, Ronda Rousey should go heel now. I hope she fully goes heel because it makes no sense to keep her as a face because she's not a fucking face. I keep saying this shit. I hope they finally listen and put her ass as a heel and keep her as a heel. Same thing, Becky. Uh, you hear now Vince McMahon. It's a couple of things you now hear that now Vince is not there. You're starting to hear a lot of people say that. Excuse me. That Vince was very strong-headed about. And now that Triple H is running the the asylum, as we shall say, um, the prisoners are way more happy and content. Um, <laughs> oh, but you hear this now, and you hear, you know, uh, Vince McMahon was very in this mindset that Becky should stay a heel. She should she should be a bad guy. I know you people keep hearing what I'm saying. Hill, you're like, what the fuck is a hill? If you never heard heard of wrestling philosophy, a hill is a bad guy. So Vince thought she should stay a bad guy. And Triple H, first thing he does when he gets there is like, Becky, you're a face now. <laughs> and that's what it is. Because a year ago at SummerSlam, when you brought Becky back, you made her a hill. And nobody understood why. Because it was like, bro, you know how much people loved Becky before she went on maternity leave? And you bring her back and she's a fucking heel? Like, what sense does that fucking make? Like, it didn't make any fucking sense then. And now that a full year later, again, it's a beautiful way to close out that robbery. A year later, she turns back to face and it's like, bro, that makes total fucking sense. It makes sense because as much as you wanted people to hate her, it was just people that could not get off of the fact this woman made herself into a superstar when all the fuck you wanted to do was push fucking Charlotte all day. And she made herself the man. She forced you to give her that respect. She forced you to make her a champion. And that's hard to fucking do in a WWE that was ran by Vince. And she did it. She figured it out. She made a way, and she created her own fucking path, and that's hard to fucking do, man. Fucking hard. So, um, yeah, I mean, Becky's now a face, which was great. Another element that I didn't talk about at SummerSlam that did happen at SummerSlam and definitely happened last night, Bailey's back. And I've been saying Bailey needs to come back. I was like, it's time. And I always thought she would come back for Bianca, and she's now on Raw. But she's got a faction with her. she got her own faction with her. Which is awesome, Dakota Kai, who literally told Vince, kiss, kiss my ass and let me go. <laughs> I hate I She's like, kiss my ass and let me go. I want out. She leaves, becomes back because Triple H asked her to. She resigns. Eo Sky, who was supposed to be in Japan now with her husband, 
is now in WWE again. She's there. She's on the main roster. She's one of the most athletic, if not gifted wrestlers. It was an ex-NXT champion, so she deserved to be on the main roster, but she just, like, she saw what WWE was doing with Vince, and she was like, fuck that shit, I'm not doing that. And she comes back, and now she's, and the craziest thing is what you hear, is the fact that Bailey and them pitched this to Vince months ago, and Vince was like, nope. And I, I gotta stop saying Vince, because Vince had a bunch of fucking people that was telling him how to run the company, he might have been the last word person, but it was other motherfuckers that thought that was a stupid idea. And now it's the hottest faction that you could put together right now. I was there last night. I saw how people reacted with them. Like, it was like, what the fuck? Like I've said numerous times, there's a bunch of people, but also Tommaso Ciampa is now, which by the way, I hope they fucking give him his first name back. <laughs> I really do. Like, I, I like Champa, but it's like Tommaso Champa. Like, that is like some fucking hit you in your mouth type shit. He is now fighting Bobby Lashley. Like I just said, Finn Balor was an NXT original guy that Triple H loved. Tommaso Champa was another. Tommaso, Triple H literally came out on stage. First ever appearance since his heart attack. He walks out on stage just to give this man his final curtain call at NXT. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tommaso Ciampa's about to take off. It'd probably leave the Miz too, which would be pretty damn smart. If you're gonna put because not also Tommaso Ciampa being a heel, which he kind of that's where he was his most effective in NXT. When he became NXT champion and beat Aleister Black, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I don't think he beats Bobby Lashley, but if he does, I wouldn't be mad either. I wouldn't be mad either. I wouldn't be mad either. And then that creates a rivalry with him and The Miz because The Miz is like, well, I helped you get that title. So you should easily give me the first shot or you should at least acknowledge me and give me the title. Which creates a riff. It makes them have to fight, which is great. And it gives the Miz also the face. Which again, he's not really a face. He's not he's more of a heel, but he's better when he's anti face. Where he's not a heel and he's out of face, it's just the Miz. There's a lot of people like that. Like Randy Arden and Edge. Like they're better when they're not really a face or a heel. Seth Rollins. Like they're not they're better when they're not really a face or a heel. They're just them. And that's the beauty of them. Um like I said, uh, but there's a lot of things. I think the new element of it all. Uh, like I said, I don't want Street Profits to break up. I kind of see it. I can see it, but at the same time, like I said, you don't really have tag teams. And that's the best tag team. You got to take the titles off the Usos. So don't do it. Um, if anything, man, the Mysterios, mm, I guess. I'm so tired of putting them, like, saying they're going to break up. They're not going to break up. They're not. Because, like I said, you got no tag teams. So why would you break up the only two tag teams you physically do have? <laughs> like, that's a Vince thing. Oh, it's getting bad. Let's go ahead and separate them. No, man. Like, keep them together. Let them figure it out. And I think that's the beauty of it. Now, Monday Night Raw last night. It was so much fun, man, to be there and physically to – I haven't been to a wrestling event since my seventh birthday. I went to the Raw Rumble with my dad and my brother for my seventh birthday. I was there with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Won his third and final Raw Rumble. Yeah. he. I remember being there and watching Stone Cold hit Kane in the fucking head with a steel chair and then flip his ass over the ropes. I was there. I remember that. I remember Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. And then ladder smash, oh, that shit was so good, man. Physically being there, it was high as shit. I was in the nosebleeds. Last night, I wasn't. But, uh, yeah, I, I've come a long way. I've come a long way since 2001. Um, but 21 years, man. It's been 21 years since I physically went to a wrestling event. And I had a pretty good time, man. It wasn't too over the top. It wasn't too hype. But 
I've never been to a Monday Night Raw. I've never been to a, a Monday Night Raw. I've been to a pay-per-view, but I've never been to a Monday Night Raw. And to physically be there to watch how wrestling has evolved since then is crazy. Uh, I actually remember Jim. I remember uh, Drew Carey, uh, which is funnier. I remember Drew Carey coming. And I'm like, I look at my dad and I look at my brother. I'm like, is that Drew Carey? <laughs> and it's funny. Because I, I did the same shit last night. It was like some guys sitting next to me. I'm like, man, is that Booker T? And I, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, man, is that Booker T? And dude was like, that really is Booker T, man. You got a good eye. <laughs> I was like, is that fucking Booker T, bro? What the fuck going on? Why is Booker T here? Um, but it was just like, it was it was that, man. And 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 I'm just like, man. To be there last night was fucking incredible. AJ Styles, man. Like, watching that man actually fucking wrestle, that's just actually dope. I'm not gonna lie, man. Seth and Montez Ford had the match, man. That and the Bianca and Euro Sky, E Sky, that shit was incredible, too. Like, in the Mysterios and the Usos, like the, like the main event, I was waiting because I was waiting to see if they're gonna actually do a dark match, and I was gonna probably stand at a 30 if they did a dark match. Um, and we kept waiting. We was like, man, let's see if Roman Reigns about to pop up. Somebody can pop up and let's do a dark match. But, um, but it wasn't, uh, I wish it was. I would have recorded that shit. I would have recorded that shit. But, uh, I would have straight up recorded that shit. Uh, <laughs> I would have straight up recorded that shit. But, um, it wasn't. Uh, but it didn't take away from just physically being there. I actually did see main event. They actually had main event before it. So I got to see two extra matches before that. I think it was Omas and Ezekiel. Uh, by the time this comes out, those matches will be out. Uh, and it was T-Bar and Shelton Benjamin. I didn't know how much love Shelton Benjamin, man, still have, man. He got a lot of love, man. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it was an incredible night just to physically be there. It was incredible. I enjoyed it very much. Um... And yeah, man, wrestling was great. Wrestling last night was amazing. Uh, all in all, man, um, I'm excited for this Triple H era. I don't know what's going to happen next. I, if the rumors are true that Sasha and Naomi is now like, yo, we'll come back to work now that you're running it, awesome. Which means this opens up the floodgates for a lot of other people because I think Paige might be coming back. I think Paige was the first NXT Women's Champion with Triple H crown. So I think that that can happen. I think Tony Storm could be coming back if AEW keeps doing whatever the fuck they're doing with her. It's a lot of things, man, and uh, and uh, and and all in all. So yeah, uh, and um, yeah, I'll tell you guys soon, man. Hopefully, I'll be one hundred percent. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll be over this sick shit, and yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.